Hello out there and welcome. My name is Sharon Froshen. I am the Chief Operating Officer for the Discover Your Path U platform, where we believe that every life can teach and everyone can grow. I'm also the host of this show, The Connection Sessions, in which we bring together entrepreneurs, artists, marketers, spiritualists, mentors, and students in an effort to learn from each other's best practices and to intuitively develop our own. And with me today, I have a real treat for you guys. We have a member of the board of the directors for Discover Your Path U, as well as an ordained minister, our legal counsel, an MBIT practitioner, a Ho'oponopono practitioner, an EFT. Pra I could probably spend all day here telling you all about what Beth does, but rather than me doing that, I'm going to turn it over to you, Beth. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell us how you got into life coaching, how this fulfills the needs that you have for doing something more with your life, and all of the ways that you contribute to Discover Your Path You. Okay, so like, like Sharon said, um, professionally, yes, I am a lawyer and I'm one of those lawyers that everyone sort of dreads when you say, oh, I, I'm tax and corporate, you know. Um, if you wanted head on a stick, that was me. Um, just the little brain that was on a stick, no emotions, no heart, and really good at it. But I was really good at it because I understood business. Now, I was lucky. My, I was finishing law school. I needed a job. And I got hired to do the admin of a restaurant bar that wasn't yet opened. So I get called in and I'm doing crazy stuff like uh, getting carpenters in, like getting the, the guys in that were, you know, installing the bar, making sure all of that worked, getting the software up and running that would run the inventory, the bar inventory, the finances, all that stuff, which I knew absolutely nothing about. Okay. And so my first job that wasn't bartending or waitressing was this and thrown into this complete unknown of the bars opening on such and such a day, have it ready. Now, I've got one of the owners obviously is busy doing everything as well, but he'd literally sit down, split the list in half, say, here's your half, here's my half, and off you go. So my, my first job, I'm not even a lawyer yet, is thrown into this mix. And then I get to the stage where I'm doing the finances of the, of, of the bar restaurant, I'm doing the administrative stuff, I'm doing human resources, hiring and firing, you know. And when we get behind on tax reporting and stuff, I'm the one that gets sits down with the, the inland revenue auditors and goes through the audit. And that's my first year and I haven't even finished law school. So when I get into the practice of law, I've got this beautiful experience of real business life, of what it's like to be on the other side in a small business starting up. Which we're really grateful for, by the way. At, and a totally different perspective from most lawyers. Yeah. Okay. And so when I 
get my own law firm and I'm struggling with human resources, with the, with the side of training and manuals, because the beautiful thing about this restaurant was that the owner insisted we had to have an operations manual. Hmm. And so, you know, here I am at 21 putting together an operations manual when I have no idea what an operations manual looks like. Get but when I'm in my law firm, I, I fall back on this and so I start doing all sorts of personal development stuff. Mm. Personal development stuff in terms of KPIs, personal development stuff in terms of mentoring, personal development work, just in terms of even NLP. And I realized with NLP how useful that was in negotiations and sitting mm -hmm. the other side of a table when you're in a negotiation trying to, to, to reach an agreement and you're able to read the other side yep. and you're able to talk the right words so that you get what you want for your client. Mm -hmm. And I started studying probably 2007, 2008. I start throwing myself into learning NLP as a lawyer for negotiation and arbitration and mediation. Mm -hmm. And I'm throwing myself into all aspects of coaching for the purpose of being a better partner, a better mentor, a better lawyer. Well, fast forward and in about 2013, a friend says, oh, you've really got to do this course. So because she said, you've really got to do this course, and I was into personal development, I signed up without really knowing what I was getting myself into, you know, mm -hmm. and turns out it's life coaching. <laughs> <laughs> so I do a five days intensive. I sign up for part two. I sign up for part three. And I finish that knowing that I have a calling towards that but not knowing what to do with it because I've got my law firm and I've got my practice and I've got all this stuff that I'm doing and I had a six-month-old baby at that stage okay wow. so it was very much like I wasn't going to drop everything and just throw myself into coaching mm. well as you know fast forward through life I get separated I I, I go through getting divorced I'm at I hit rock bottom and I go away on a retreat, on a women's retreat with my coach, Bonnie, who at this stage is just a friend and someone I really admire. And one of those people that I can always have amazing, fabulous conversations with. She's like, well, I'm holding this women's retreat. Why don't you come? Just get away from it all. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what I need. So off I went. And she does a passions test. And your passions test is basically, you know, okay, you have all these passions in life, but let's just say what's the top five. Mm -hmm. And I sat there looking at my top five and I sat there looking at my inner circle, those five, six people that you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. And it was a snapshot view of my life that was heartbreaking. I have been there. And it, it's, it's a great place to be as hard as it is because the only place is up, except that you still haven't hit the bottom of rock bottom because when you think you've hit rock bottom, there's still further to go. 
So yeah. even though I thought at that moment I'd hit rock bottom, I had not yet hit rock bottom. What's really interesting about that is that with you, Sarah, and actually a few other members of the board, you all had, and still to a certain extent, have very well-established careers in fields that people deeply respect, and yet you each made the decision to walk away from careers that, at least here in the United States, to become a lawyer is eight years of school by itself, well, not got, including yeah, got, everything else. Two, 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 two undergrad degrees, two master's degrees, yeah. It's, so it's, what is know, it that drove you? What, what is that rock, rock bottom, not, not the soft bottom, the hard rock bottom <laughs> that drove you to go, I just can't make my heart try to do this anymore? It's that realization of this is not who I am. And I have always known this is not who I am. Mm. Now, I went to law school because I lost a bet with dad. <laughs> That is pure awesomeness. Okay. Now, I got to law school, and it was fabulous. It ignited my mind in a way that I didn't know was possible, because I had studied my entire time through high school. I was science and math. You know, mm -hmm. I was in the top 4% of the country in mathematics and science. When I applied for law school, it was on the premise that I would not be accepted because I had failed English. Hmm. The one and only part that might have been relevant to law school was English, and that, that was my worst grade. And I was pretty sure I was failing, you know, that I was going to get turned down. Well, they didn't <laughs> because they were like... <laughs> Oh, I'm familiar with this. Oh, yeah. But what happened for me in law school was that the very first thing we studied was Baby M, which is a case about surrogate motherhood where the egg is supplied by one person, the sperm is also a donor, the parents who put all this together and paid for it is a couple that cannot conceive, and there's a surrogate mother who then is the womb in which this baby is placed, and she's paid to carry this for nine months. Okay. Well, she gets attached to this baby and wants to keep it. And this goes all the way to the Supreme Court as to whose baby is it? Because the mom and dad, it's not their sperm, it's not their egg. Surrogate mother, it's not her sperm, it's not her egg. And there's the contract. Mm -hmm. And so it's a fascinating ethical dilemma, as well as a legal one and a moral one. And I, I loved it. That, that got me hooked on law of this is real life. What, totally loved it. But, you know, then you reach a point where you're stuck, at, not stuck in, but I was really busy and great at doing the corporate and the tax. Mm -hmm. And as long as it was a game, I was absolutely fine. But my heart was not in that. Mm. My soul wasn't in that. And I reached a point where I felt like I'd sold my soul just for the money. 
and that I can make a much bigger difference in people's lives. And I wasn't doing that. So, so was there like a dark night of the soul for you? In which... Well, I, I wouldn't talk about a night. I might talk about a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone seems to think that dark night of the soul is just one night. No, honey, dark night of the soul can go on for... It, it can drag you through the mud. Mm. And so um, what was it that led you to MBIT? Well, that's another one of those things that... I'm at the retreat, and this is in November. In January, Vicky is running an embraining training in London. And I've said, yeah, that sounds interesting. I'd love to go. Vicky is well, her college I, friend, by the way, back from law yes, school. Just yeah, so Vicky everybody knows. and I went to law school together. But Vicky is an MBIT master coach and trainer, um, as well as an NLP master coach. So she's in London, and she's already said, why don't you come over and do this? Guess I'm running this training. And when I'm in Puerto Vallarta at Bonnie's retreat, I'm sitting here going, that's my next step. That's my next right step. I don't know what the step is after that one, but my next right step is that training. Mm. And so I went and did the embraining training and that those five days were transformational because what, what I discovered was all of that inner wisdom that I was overlooking, you know, from being a head on the stick to dropping down into your heart and having feelings, dropping down into your gut and considering your safety and your security, self-preservation, and even, um, you know, your identity. Mm -hmm. Parallel to all of this, I've already signed up and I'm taking SEE classes, which are the Unity Spiritual Education and Experience classes. So I, I'm already on a spiritual path. Mm -hmm. And then in 2018, I, I do the EMBIT training and I'm like, okay, time for a change. Mm -hmm. So for those people that are watching, especially students of ours or members of the DIPU group or even just life coaches in general who already have a pre-existing career and are kind of at that why in the road where do I keep going with the career that's paying the bills or do I follow my heart? What are some concise things that you have discovered along the way that might help them? Plan the path of transition. And, and, and do it with deep thought. Take care of your safety and security and your self-preservation needs. Don't just go with your heart of, oh, I want to do this now. Because there is that, you know, that heartfelt desire of, I'm just going to throw it all to the wind. And yes, I respect that. But at the same time, the one thing I love about M-Braining is M-Braining says, no, listen to all of that. Think it through, analyze it, plan it, brainstorm it. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you are working from your heart, what you love, what you desire, what you want, but allow logic to flow into that mm -hmm. and allow safety and security and self-preservation to feed into that too. And that point 
where all three mix and mesh. That's your point where you want to be at. So for me, like I said, November 2017, I know my next right step is embraining in January 2018. Mm -hmm. In 2018, I get certified and I sign up then for March to do energetics, which is another embraining course that focuses totally on gut and health. And if I'm not mistaken, you and Sarah Whalen have actually developed a pretty comprehensive energetics workshop series that you've already done a beta test group on that, that came back with pretty incredible reviews, correct? Results. Absolutely. Yes. So, awesome. you know, and that takes you down into your gut of that knowing of this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Because when you know who you are, the other things start to align. And so, you know, you, you end up with inner conflicts of, I think, I want, I need. But you've got to bring all of that back to, is this who I am? Mm -hmm. and, and the wonderful thing for me is that, you know, like, um, I do Ho'oponopono. Because that really resonates with that spiritual need of mine of being in that place of balance and connection with all that is. And so, you know, like yesterday I was doing an, a, a coaching session with a client and we came up against something and I led them through Ho'oponopono without even thinking about it. And at the end of the session, they said, you know, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago that you might use Ho'oponopono sometime. When are we ever gonna use that? And I was like, well, we already did. <laughs> But I'm, you know, you have this toolbox of all these things that you can pull out and do. And it just flows naturally when you need it. You know, the same that, that my spiritual practices allow me to take the cl client into a more balanced state so that they can connect with an emotion and yet not get emotional. Because it, in coaching we don't want the client to be emotional, mm -hmm. but I want the client to connect with their emotions. I, I totally want them to be in that place of connectedness, of feeling an emotion, but just not getting overwhelmed by it. Absolutely. So I hear you um, saying that you've developed kind of over time, a quiver of arrows that you selected as you grew in the coaching profession. What would you say to anybody watching this who currently wants to be able to make their money with coaching, but isn't currently at that place? What would you tell them about the process of collecting your arrows and how you can find joy in that between this point and when you can actually just do coaching as a lifestyle? Well, the first thing I would say is Practice does make perfect. You want to learn to master this and you want to learn to master different aspects of your practice. So for example, I with Ho'oponopono, first, my first client, and I say this to every single coach, your first client is yourself. Mm. You don't start taking this out to everybody else until you've done it on yourself and you really have gotten to a place with yourself that I'm, I'm good with this. Then you start practicing on non-paying clients. Mm -hmm. And 
How many of those you need depends on what the modality is, depends on how comfortable you are just doing that. Now for me, I got 20 years of lawyering behind me, of sitting down and asking difficult questions. I mean, I, my, my secretaries were always terrified of, if a client came in to buy a house, they're like, she's gonna ask him what happens if she, he dies. She's gonna ask him what happens when he dies. She's gonna ask him what happens when he dies. You know? <laughs> and they, they did not ever wanna walk into the meeting with me because they were like, you ask these terrible questions. I'm like, no, I ask necessary questions. Mm. which is so, always good to challenge your clients so what a great way to start into coaching with the ability to ask those really difficult questions exactly so i don't have that fear of silence i i think silence is so powerful so i'm happy to drop a bomb of a question <laughs> and then sit back in silence and allow the client to talk i don't need to fill the silence so and and that's a skill that every coach should have yes that pregnant pause that that holding that pause in that space for as long as you need to hold it for mm -hmm. don't throw another question in yes and how have you learned to use intuition coming from such a pragmatic place of mind well that goes back to you know that very first job when i worked in a bar mm -hmm. and i had a couple of experiences there for example one guy that was drinking way too much that would not give me his car keys and i realized that he was a cop that was off duty and in New Zealand, there's a law that if somebody leaves your bar drunk and they kill somebody, the manager of the bar, whoever was on that night, goes to prison. So I was not going to let this guy leave drunk. Good call. He was not going to give me his car keys. And everyone's like, what do we do? And I was like, really simple. <laughs> we call the cops. And they're like, he's a cop. And I'm like, yeah. So I, instead of dialing 911, I called the local police station and I said, this is the situation I have. One of your cops is in here drinking and he's had too much to drink and he won't give me his car keys. And I need you to send some of his friends over mm -hmm. to pick him up. So when you reach that stage of being you know, of, of, of listening to that kind of intuition, which I'm thankful I had it from young. And as a lawyer, it saved my butt so many times. I'd be interviewing a client, I'd get a red flag and I'd go, this is not the client for me. You don't make it past initial, you know, initial, initial consultation. And no, you don't need to pay me for this hour. I don't want to be on your retainer. I don't want your money. <laughs> I don't want your money. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so it's, it's that learning to trust yourself. Now, you know, I'm, I'm lucky I'm in that state that I can. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so as a coach, I don't think I had to learn that as a coach. I already had that tool. And, and that's really one helps. of the beautiful things about being 
you know, 46 instead of 26. Um, there's a whole, no, it's true. I, I, I'm agreeing. I love, I love the fact you've got all this life experience to lean back on. Yes. You've got all the times that you've made mistakes and you know better now. Mm-hmm. Um, where you're so much better at reading body language, at, at picking up when somebody's telling you part of the answer, but not the entire answer. Um, and all those skills as a coach are phenomenal. Mm. Yes. Because then you know what the next question is and you just lean into that. So, you know, I would say for that person that is learning coaching skills that is worried that is my, you know, I'm at, I'm at this dead end job and it's not taking me where I want to go. Well, is it really dead end? What skills are you actually learning there that might actually be really important life skills for what you want later? Good point. Because let's say that you were working at McDonald's. Now, I did McDonald's and I did that. And would you like fries with that? Guess what you learn with McDonald's and would you like fries with that? I've never Always done McDonald's. Upsell. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So at 15 years old, you know, first job is McDonald's, I learned the upsell. And would you like fries with that? Now, this is a skill you want to have in life. Yes. So McDonald's is a job. And the other thing with McDonald's, sorry, I had an everything. The other thing with McDonald's is that, like I said, they run with manuals. So that's where I learned you know, what a procedural manual was. And so when I'm at 21 asked to do a procedural manual for the restaurant, I know a general idea what we're talking about, what we need. When I decide to institute it for my law firm, I know exactly what I need. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that learning, it's that growing. And all of these things that maybe you think this job is irrelevant, maybe it's not. Good point. Good point. Well, thank you, Beth, for joining me here today on the connection sessions. I really appreciate it. And for anybody who's watching who may be struggling with how do I get from here to actually being able to be a life coach that can make a living, this is an excellent interview to watch because Beth is really good at pointing out how even the experiences that we think might not be doing us any good could be feeding directly into the coach that we will become. So thank you, Beth, as always. So appreciate having you here with me and to everybody watching. I will see you on Monday. As always, guys, and have a great weekend. All right. Bye-bye.